You know, there are times in life when a song plays through your ear bones and smacks you in the middle of your forehead and goes, hey, moron, you'll never forget me. Like a lost lover at summer camp, those songs get deep into your soul. And why are you, is your mouth such a gape? What? I want to know who the lost lover at summer camp is. <laughs> I don't Wait know, a minute. I'm just speaking metaphorically at this point. Your daughter listens to this. I don't want to know that, but you can tell me <laughs> off air. <laughs> well, there's the songs, you know, that like they, they've smacked you in the face and they've become a part of the fabric of your life. And then you go to your friend and you go, oh, you know that song from Daryl Hall from 1986? And they're like, what are you talking about, dude? Or you're like, you know the band Car Seat Headrest? And they're like, I have what? no clue what you're talking have about. Have you been drinking? Killer Whale? You don't know that song? Like, what's wrong with you? So there are those songs in all of our lives. And so uh, Phil and I, a couple of years ago, started having a conversation and said, hey, what if? What if we started a podcast where it we share those songs? After a couple glasses of wine. Too. That's true. What if we share those songs with the world? And uh, that's the premise of this here podcast, where we actually de- dig deep into our repertoire. Not repertoire. <laughs> repertoire. repertoire. <laughs> and uh, pull out a song that we want to know, how come this isn't one of the biggest songs in the world? It's a, one of the greatest songs no one's ever heard. Yeah. And so uh, we've been doing that for, uh, we're going into our third calendar year now. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Phil, before we get started today, I wanted to ask you. <laughs> oh, please do. Um, how is your New Year's resolution going? It's going fantastic. I have just killed it. Good to I'm, know. I am killing it. And we're only like, I don't know, four, three, four weeks into the Can you give year. me one solid example? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to reveal that yet. I don't want to reveal uh, that Anyway, yet. today Phil's got a song for us that he thinks is one of the greatest songs no one's ever heard. Oh, I know. Uh, and I would love to know more about uh, what you got for us today. Yeah. So today is a sweet spot for me. It's funny. Last week you brought a song that you kind of said... This was always one of the few songs at the forefront of this idea, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you played Veronica yes. from Elvis Costello. And uh, just so happens I knew the song, which is yeah. great. And I want to make reference to that. Now it's two episodes that I can make reference to that. I actually got the song. Yeah. So I, it, you know, I'm just kind of pumping myself up. Ooh, pump it up. That was another that? That's right. That's a tap batting was myself, on the back. himself on the back. That's right. Uh, I like the reference of Pump It Up. I'm glad mm. you really find your, your humor com- you know, <laughs> very very laughable. Listen, if you can't make yourself laugh, who can you make laugh? That's exactly right. Uh, the kids down the block. So, um, But for other reasons. Yes, uh, I have a song, and I don't want to really say too much about it because I'm, a, I'm afraid. Then just don't. One. I'm not going to. Uh, we're going to uh, get into the song right now, but I think you might be surprised. I got 
Wow. <laughs> so just full disclosure, this was not the uh, the song that the 
You know what I'm trying to say. This This, was not the song that... No, this this was not the one they chose to put on the album. This was an extended version. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh, so this this was the extended dance remix. (laughs) Dance remix. Have we talked about my extended dance remix when I was a DJ on the radio? No. Can I tell you that story real quick? I wish you would. I I was doing morning drive at a very small Christian radio station in um, Northwest Washington, uh, whose target demographic was like 75-year-old women. And you used the restroom. Yes. That was a different story. No, that's the one. Oh, that. <laughs> have we told the story on the show yet? Yes, you did about a month ago. Okay. Where, where you had a really long version, but it skipped. Yes. Extended dance remix. You should listen to some of our, our episodes sometimes just to wow. be refreshed. I, I, you're, you're the one that keeps me in line. So anyway, that was the extended dance remix. If you haven't heard. Of a song that... called Zanzibar by Billy Joel. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... So, so you knew the song. I've actually never heard the song before. Yeah, you have. Oh, <laughs> oh, you 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 haven't. No, but you knew Zanzibar yeah, by the by the yes. and you recognized his yes. voice. Okay. I knew actually. I knew before he started singing who it was. Really, just yeah, by because the piano of piano playing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Billy Joel. Um, Elton John gave an award to Billy Joel once and said Billy Joel plays the piano like a percussion instrument, like I do. Mm. And I said. Okay, I play the piano like a percussion instrument. I, Ergo, you, you are Billy Joel. No, I'm Philly Joel. But <laughs> um, do you ever remember Michael Knight in, in New York Vinny? Oh, I thought you meant Michael Knight from Knight Rider. No, Michael Knight, New York Vinny from uh-uh. Seattle Sports Radio back in the day. No. Michael Knight, New York Vinny. They did a, they did a, uh, Billy Joel was coming to town. They did a, you know, a little contest and see if you can win Billy Joel tickets. So I sat down and rewrote the lyrics to Piano Man. Yes. You know, Mike and Vinny are friends of mine. They gave yeah. me my tickets for free. I really want to go, but I have them in no dough. And that's someplace I'd rather be. Yes. <laughs> that was that's amazing. That, that, right. And so uh, I did that. I got in and they're like, this is really good. Can you do that again after the break? You know, so I had to do it live over the radio. And I got the tickets and they were wow. pretty good tickets. And the whole idea for doing this episode with Billy Joel is that I'm going to see Billy Joel at the end of February. Wait, for real? Yeah, in Vegas. Whoa. Yeah, the New Allegiance, uh, you know, where the Raiders play now. And so um, I've been holding on to this, Chris, for so long. And I knew it was going to be a reach that I could sneak one by you. And literally, (laughs) literally today, I'm listening to a handful of Billy Joel songs that I know most people don't know that are so good. And this is one of them. I knew I had to play this one because of the baseball reference. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk about the baseball Yeah, reference. please do. But before we get to that, oh, one yeah. of, do you know about the Billy Joel slash um, Bruce Springsteen controversy? Not, not the controversy. I know. Uh, no, I don't. So there are Billy Joel. There are people like you and I who like Billy Joel. I, I love Billy Joel. You would love Billy Joel even more than I do. I, then he's, there are, he's my music icon. So yeah. Quote unquote Billy Joel fans. Do right. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the ones who's like I like my life and like the ones who are like like own like bootleg copies of his. Oh, stuff, that's me. That's me. Like, oh, okay. Oh yeah, that's so me. So how do you feel about Bruce Springsteen? Um, I, you know the boss um, has never really. Uh, I again, it's kind of like the, along the same lines as when we were talking about a couple weeks ago. I don't dislike him. I don't love him. You can't be a fan of both Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen. It's like a, a, a rift in the universe. And if you ask any Bruce Springsteen fan if they love Billy Joel, they're like, no. No, well, and the same is true with Bruce Spring, uh, Billy Joel. 
they're two completely different artists. One's piano driven, one's guitar driven. But both from New Jersey. And both playing very different kinds of rock and roll. And there's this big rift and you can't be both. Well, I mean, Billy Joel is obviously a better artist than Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I rest my face. <laughs> so I loved the baseball reference in this because I'd never heard it before. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, and Have the you words, heard the song before? I've never heard the okay. song before. Yeah. I assumed it was called Zanzibar. I was yeah. cheating. No, um, it was. But the it line is. that says, Rose, he... So in, interesting at the very top, he says, Ali, you go downtown. Yeah. You gave away another... Obviously referencing uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, I'm assuming. So interesting because I never thought about that. I, I thought the waitress' name was Ollie, Allie, that oh. he's got a crush on. But the waitress always serves a secret smile. Whoa, she's waiting out in Shantytown. Maybe it was. I think it is. the. You must be right. Uh, but then he gets to Rose. He knows he's such a credit to the game. I'm like, yeah. that's got to be Pete Rose. It is. Uh, but I didn't get it until he said, but the Yankees grab the headlines, headlines every, every time. time. Melodrama is so much fun in black and white for everyone to see. Me, I'm just trying to get to second base. Isn't that and great? And I'd steal it if she'd only give the sign. Isn't that great? Oh, I mean, such great songwriting. So one of the problems I had with ch- choosing a Billy Joel song, and full disclosure, he is my musical idol. Okay. okay? And his, his music is fantastic. His lyrics are fantastic. Yes. He writes both. That is him. What year did this album come out? Oh, that's it's um, off of Fifty uh, Second Street, I think. So the thing I love about this, Oops. from a Billy Joel perspective, is um, I'm a child of the '80s. I think '78. And Phil's a child of the '70s. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Like, and I don't, that's not disparaging. It's just no, your your, your gen- generation, yeah. a full generation older than me. Um, the the songs that I love, Billy Joel songs, are. Uh, um, don't forget your second wind. They're oh, all those wow. kind of That's, bebop songs. But that see, that out. one was kind of an obscure song. That I I think that's fairly obscure. It was never on an album. It was a single. It was a single, but it was never on a Billy Joel album. Really? Yeah. So any song that was a single from like 1984 through 1988, including, in fact, I thought you would have probably brought "We Didn't Start the Fire." No, uh, I'm just kidding. No. But that's no. the generation of Billy Joel that I know. And then if I, when I started digging deep, I started learning about Piano Man and the Glass House, anything before Glass House, uh, I didn't know until I started really digging deep. And then I found out he used to write really poignant lyrics, not just pop dribble. He used to. By the way, it's Glass Houses, it's plural. Okay. Um, and so this would come in that era before he started trying to make super uh, radio-friendly pop music, which I actually really appreciate about it. You could tell that he was writing as an artist as opposed to writing as a hit maker, which I think he fell into the trap of later, in, in my opinion, fell into the trap of later in his career. So uh, it is off 52nd Street, 78. Okay. Uh, and Zanzibar. Um, I'm going to play you another song. Okay. So this is the Audible. Okay. But before I do that, um, I want to play one of the songs I almost chose. And... We are going to 52nd Street. So here is Stiletto.
Was that opening by Kenny G? No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Russell. Uh, oh, gosh. Who's his sax player? I can't think of it right now. He's played with Hall and & Oates hmm. and Foreigner. Uh, the sax player. I can't think of his name right now. Anyway, 52nd Street was monumental for me. That's when I was introduced to Billy Joel. Okay. Which was, I think, my life. It was the hit off that that I liked. And I think I gave this album to my sister for her birthday. And it <laughs> turned into a, like a lifelong love affair with Billy Joel in a very uh, platonic way. Um, <laughs> I hope. That's not why I was I was laughing because the song My Life uh, is... One of those songs is deep in my psyche, not because I ever heard it on the album, but because it was the opening for Tom Hanks' first sitcom, Booze and Buddies. I know, right? And so I never, and it, still to this day amazes me, they got a Billy Joel song for the opening credits for a sitcom on television. Right. Like a B-run sitcom no one ever watched before. So I'm going to uh, cue up a song that uh, I need you to hear. Okay. Because if you didn't identify him, I was going to play this right away, but now that we know... Um, so let's listen to this real quick.
So, all right, I have this love-hate relationship with the late 70s. <laughs> Tell me about the hate first. Well, so this song, it, you can hear the Beatles' influence in here. You can hear the 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 brilliance in the in the lyrics. Um, my problem with this song, uh, from from my perspective, it is probably one of the greatest songs I've never heard. However, it's so dated because of the production on it that it just drives me crazy. He's talking about where's the orchestra, and he's got this stupid sax solo through the whole thing that sounds like like an '80s like romance drama crime series like Moonlighting that would be like that's the kind of sound that I'm hearing with that sax, and I'm like, just stick to it. If you just had the orchestra and his piano. It would have been a timeless sound, but it's so dated because of it that yeah. it drives me crazy. So it's funny you bring up Moonlighting. Okay. The mo- the show. Yes. With uh, uh, Bruce. Uh, Come on. Yes. You know. Yes. Willis. Bruce Willis. <laughs> I can't remember her name, but that's okay. Um, Billy Joel had a song on one of those episodes, Big Man on Mulberry Oh, Street. really? Yeah. And it, it's a... I, so the problem with me choosing, first of all, what you don't like about the seventies that is dated because of the production aspect of it is actually okay because it's, it's time stamping the, the time when it was recorded. That was kind of what was going on then. Right. And so I don't have a problem with it for that reason i can see okay it was produced in 82 uh and this is what was being done you right. know film ramon is one of the brilliant producers um along with billy joel and uh so we're gonna um identify the song when it was recorded because of that aspect the production aspect hmm. and and it, it is what it is right it's kind of like uh you look at uh, hairstyles, I don't have that because I'm, you know, have no hair. But back in the day, you know, you look at hairstyles, anybody who grew up in the 70s or 80s, and they're like all that big hair. Right. And you look back on there, you're like, oh my God, get rid of that picture. But the thing is, that's what was then. It, it's okay to have time. Well, I guess what I where I go with that is uh, when you look at a lot of the work of the Beatles, the Beach Boys uh, later in their career, uh, the Who to some extent. Um, when you get like even Tommy and I'm not a big mm. Hugh who fan no I, that and song I'm not just sounds timeless it is what it is it was so <clears throat> unique and so like uh, uh, what's the um, Baba Ganoush mm. like those songs are so stamped in time and yes you know they're when they're from but it doesn't sound like a bunch of other stuff from that time frame mm. so when you listen to uh, Let It Be when you listen to um, Eleanor Rigby they are so unique that they just stand the test of time and I feel like if the production value had been different on this it would have been the same exact you could have been like whoa that's so cool uh, um, so Let It Be yes. was a piano and a vocal uh, well there's a lot more to it when you listen to it in detail yeah, so they've got a bass line there's orchestra there's a bass line there's like yeah they were able to play that whole song live yeah uh, it's 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 fascinating, really, when we get into the meat and potatoes of music, right? But I love this song. Outside of that stupid sax, I really I, dig this I song. I needed you to hear this song because of the lyrical value mm. alone. And the lyrical value is brilliant. Right. Now, um, there's a little um, sample at the end. Because we're living here in Allentown. Oh, for real? Yeah. How did I miss that? Well, I, I didn't want to bring it up, but if you listen back on it, you'll hear... That that uh, melody from Allentown, the yeah. song, which was 
of course, written um, about the steel industry in Pennsylvania yes. and um, and how it was suffering, right? Yes. Because Billy Joel does a lot of these sort of um, uh, uh, down Easter Alexa. Yep. Okay. About the fishing industry and how it's suffering. I'm going to read off a few songs um, that I think you should go and listen to if you're at all interested in Billy Joel. These are songs that I did not choose, although the first one I'm going to mention. Can we put and, them in the show notes? Oh, please. Okay. And so it goes. I This is the song on driving over here today. I actually s- switched to Where's the Orchestra. Mm. But And So It Goes is really good. Okay. Okay. So there's one. Uh, Laura is a song that he swore for the only time ever in his uh, song production. He said, where the hell in this one? Well, that's not swearing. Okay. Here I am feeling like an effing fool is what wow. he says in Laura. Okay. Um, so there's that. Uh, until By the way, the- that was pre-Tipper Gore, so no one cared. <laughs> <laughs> until the night. Uh, one of my all-time favorite songs. Uh, Captain Jack was really uh, underground went big time. Um, hmm. And these are songs that are not out there for the vast majority to hear. Vienna. Right. Vienna is a great song. song. Fantastic song. song. I couldn't, I couldn't do it though. Um, and then I wanted to mention, oh, so other than Piano Man and New York State of Mind, right? Um, these are songs that everyone probably absolutely knows. We Didn't Start the Fire, which you yes. referenced. Yes. He was at a party. And some kid came to him and said, you know, you got you had no issues like we, my generation has. He's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> so, um, yeah. uh, scenes from Italian restaurant, yes. which I think people probably know, but they don't know how it came about, which was, he was at a writer's block hmm. and he went to a restaurant. He's like, and he says, okay, so I got here and I, the red and white checker box, checker square, you know, tablecloth. Yeah. I'm like okay, I'm going to write. And he's like, okay, nothing. <laughs> so the server comes up and says, good evening, uh, bottle of red or bottle of white? And he goes, thank you. <laughs> um, the song Pressure. There was a, a part in that where someone walked in the recording studio and, and pulled the plug out. And so all the instruments went down and it was right when he went, pressure. So you don't know these. Hmm. In fact, that song, Liberty DeVito, their drummer, went backwards on the on the rhythm. Whoa. And they kept it in. Hmm. And so things like that, they're just I I I could go on and on, and I probably gone on too long. Uh Only the Good Die Young, all of these songs. Yep. Billy Joel to me is a fantastic artist. Yes. And I was trying to sneak one by. I knew it was going to be tough. But anyway, so that's kind of... Well, he's so distinctive too. So it's really tough to sneak one by. It is. If you've heard any Billy Joel stuff. Well, my brother-in-law hates his voice. It's so nasally. And oh, he is. But you know what? He has sang all his own songs. He can't do Innocent Man anymore. He has to have Crystal Telefano, who's his percussion um, player, who's freaking awesome. She has to sing the high parts because he he can't hit that uh, that, that note anymore, Hmm. which is okay. But he does all of his own vocals, and it, it is what it is. He's not a vocalist, right? But he, you know, he's worked on his voice and has done okay. But I mean, like I said, I could go on and on with Billy Joel. He is my favorite 
artist and I get to see him in about a month. Oh, uh, dude, I'm so jealous. That's yeah. so cool. And I've seen him a couple of times. I also saw him with Elton John face to face. Wow. Face to face. And that was a free ticket because I basically snuck in. <laughs> <laughs> at the Tacoma Dome, no lie. I drove down by myself, went down the Tacoma Dome and uh, I, I was like, there were scalpers that were selling tickets for 50, 60 bucks. I'm like, ah, I don't want to do that. So I went to a cash machine and I was at the cash machine. I just took out like 40 bucks. And the guy at the door, the bouncer at the door, um, I was like hovering around there. He said, oh, did you just come out to get cash? I'm like, I sure did. He's like, oh, come on in. <laughs> For real? Yeah. And I went and found a spot right next to the mixing board, which is the best place to sit. It absolutely is. And I found a spot and I watched the face-to-face tour. Um, yeah, it was, you know, that was a week where I saw Spyro Gyra, Keb Moe, and Billy Joel Elton John. <laughs> And didn't pay a dime. Uh, wow. Yeah. So anyway, wow. this was this was this episode is for me. It is totally for you, and I'm totally fine for it to be that way because it's super cool. Yeah. And it's always fun to learn all this stuff about uh, you know the old time crowd. Well, and and honestly, it's just a. It's, I'm I'm just gonna gloss over that. I'm not even gonna acknowledge what you just said. Uh, screw you, son of a bitch. <laughs> Welcome uh, 2020. You know I love you. You know I love you. Phil, tell people. Uh, by the way, we do this because I we both feel like it's really important for people to expand their musical horizons to really dig deep into uh, someone, an artist, or uh, there's so. Many people that you've heard of, and you're like, well, why were those? I quick story. Yesterday, I was hanging out with a, a young man who's a friend of mine. Who I'm, I'm 48. He's he was born in '96, so do the math. Oh wow! Okay. And I was telling another friend of mine, oh, you've seen that new Lucy and Desi movie, right? And this kid literally says, "Who's that? Who's that? That's right." And it embarked on this 45 minute conversation where I was literally like, "Okay, uh, Dick Van Dyke show." Oh man. Nope. Oh. I only know who Dick Van Dyke is because a friend of mine got this picture taken with him and I had to send the picture to my sister wow. to find out who that guy was. I want to interview him. He's I was like, like at the top of my list of people I want to interview. Dick Van Dyke or Yo, my friend? No, not your friend. Okay. I don't know your friend. <laughs> Dick Van um, Dyke, absolutely. I, I literally was like, all right, we're going to get like really deep here. Uh, not super deep. Gilligan has no clue. Bob Denver. Different strokes. He goes, for different folks? <laughs> I'm like, it went on for 45 freaking minutes. What you talking about, Willis? And I'm, I'm so the funny thing was uh, part of the reason we Phil and I love doing this is because there are a bunch of deep tracks songs from people that you've never heard of. There's a reason that those people were famous. There's a reason they had a recording contract, right. and it's not always just because they slept their way to the top. Sometimes like Cindy Lauper, yeah. right? Sometimes Lou Albano knew what he was doing, if you know what I'm referencing there. Uh, so Phil, if people want to know more, give us some feedback oh, on who please. some of their favorite greatest songs they've never, when no one's ever heard, or tell us how we're doing. How would they do that? You can go to the Twitter. The Twitter. You can go to the Twitter. The tweeters. We, that's right. We are at GSYNH podcast. You can go to Facebook, which it's still relevant, despite what you might have. Oh, I'm sorry. Meta. Uh, <laughs> the greatest song you never heard uh, on Facebook, as well as the greatest song you never heard dot com. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for putting up with this episode and kind of scratching the itch that um, I've been waiting for many months to to do today. Mm. And it's very difficult to pick one song. That's why you got two. Right. Uh, We did this last week, too. Yeah. Same sort of thing, right? And it's okay. Because why? This is our podcast. We can do whatever the heck we want. Whatever. We don't have a producer breathing down our neck or an editor saying, oh, no one's going to listen. Well, screw you. We already know that. So... (laughs) Anyway, until next week. We'll see you next time on The Greatest Song You've Never Heard Podcast. Podcast.